What's up everyone? This is Pastor Sam. And this is Danny. And together we explore the Book of Mark. Join us each week as we dive into each chapter outside of our Sunday morning messages as we explore what this book is trying to teach us. And today, chapter 8, Jesus feeds the five to four thousand. The Pharisees demand a sign. Eleven of the Pharisees inherit. Jesus heals a blind man at Bethsaida. Peter confessed Jesus as Christ. Jesus foretells his death and resurrection. Yes, Sam, we are in it. We are in chapter eight. But before we could even get to the, the chapter and the context and the text of that, we have a special guest joining us today. We do, we do. Special guest. And today our special guest is, we'll let him introduce himself. How's that sound? That's, I can give you some hint. He's cute. He always wear his hair up like Johnny Bravo. Do you know Johnny Bravo? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, you're right. Yes. That's right. Yes. He's our Johnny Bravo. Yeah. Now I cannot see it. <laughs> what's up, Johnny? Today we have Johnny with us. No, I'm kidding. No, no what's no. up, guys? Uh, my name is Drew Weimer. I am one of the worship leaders here on staff at uh, Delaware Christian Church, and I am super excited to to be with Pastor Sam and Danny today as we uh, jump on into Mark 8. I'm excited. Thank you guys for having me. Hey, thanks for being here, Drew. We appreciate how you do, man, and um, yeah. your talents. And we want to hear what God speaks to you, through you, on chapter 8 of Mark. Yeah, yeah. That, that'd be cool. Um, yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, so as we do, we, we just kind of go through the chapter. Everybody knows uh, we had uh, this week, I, I preached on, you know, primarily the second half of this book, mm-hmm. looking at the question I, I titled my message, Jesus pops the question, you know, Ooh. yeah. And, Drew's uh, about to pop the question. Oh, no, he already, yeah. <laughs> already popped the question, yeah, yeah. Um, but but I really talked about, like, the, the idea of, in that message about who do, doesn't matter what other people say about Jesus. At some point in your life, the greatest question you will ever answer, you will ever ask yourself is, who is Jesus to you? And mm-hmm. Who do you say Jesus is? And that's mm-hmm. what that message was about. As we kind of looked at Peter, we picked on Peter a little bit, but um, but it, it was good. So hopefully it was it was insightful. But this this week we're gonna start with the beginning and the, the four thousand um, eating and, bread. And we we see Jesus just fed the five thousand not too long ago, right? And then now on chapter six and now on chapter eight, he's feeding people again. Uh, tell me a little bit of your thoughts. Let's have Drew share, since we we kind of covered the feeding of the 5,000. We'll let Drew kick us off yeah, on sure. this side. Uh, well, one of my first thoughts was like, why twice? I mean, like, he's already done this, you know, just a little bit ago. Like, what's up? What's the significance of doing it twice? That's what stuck out to me. I'm like, what's going on here? It must be, <laughs> must be important. And, and okay, well, here's the thing, though. There is no hint of amazement on this one. On chapter 6, people were amazed, but here... There was no hint of a, there was no hint of amazement. <laughs> Thousands of people was fed, and you know there was nobody like whoa, this is cool, this is great. Like there is none of that, which is white to white. And this time, nobody really. What I liked about, was excited about it. What I liked about this was it had been three days. It yes. had been three days. Like so, like what are you waiting around for? You had to have heard that he's done this before. In some some shape or form, yeah. the disciples at least. That's the funny part of to me. Who, who about said this it whole first? Britney Spears, Jesus. Oops, I <laughs> did it again. <laughs> oh man, no, how I come off of that? But um, 
<laughs> Man, I think I think that what's interesting to me is like uh, a few weeks ago when you when you preached on this same about feeding of the five thousand, mm-hmm. uh, you talked about who the miracle was for, right? We talked yes. about how a lot of that miracle was for the disciples, and I think I think it looks a little bit different here. What do you think? I think you're right, and I said on that sermon that that uh, sermon that miracle was not a miracle of abundance because there was only twelve lunch package. Mm-hmm. This one's a different one. This is this is a miracle of abundance. I mean, he, these people were left with a lot more than on the first miracle, right? So, and I talk about back then the the word of basket that Jesus used, that Mark used on chapter six. Mm-hmm. For Jesus was the little basket. On this one's the other one. It's the big basket. So not a I lunchbox. Mean, not a lunchbox. No, he's he's living. It's a miracle of abundance in, in, in what Jesus is doing. The extreme. Jesus went to the extreme on this one. He was like, let me show you how good I am at this. Boom! Everybody got a lot. They ate a lot, and they could carry. They carry seven. Was it seven? Right, basket full, which I think there's a significance of that. Right, scholars talk about the the five thousand, four thousand, the, the the basket left, on on the first one, uh, twelve basket was left. Uh, really, is Jesus uh, giving this uh, prophetic message about he came for the twelve tribes of Israel uh, to 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 fulfill that which God promised the twelve tribes of Israel, and then here when he leaves seven uh, behind. It talks about the seven nations of the Gentiles that Jesus also came to. So it's a, it's a complete uh, fulfillment of the Messiah pro, uh, prophecies that say that God, Jesus not only came for the twelve to the Jewish, but also to the seventy nations of the Gentiles. Right, and that was that was what I was going to mention because in my when I reading of this, the first miracle mm-hmm. was for the was that Jesus is the bread of heaven mm-hmm. for. For the Jews, and now this miracle is, is for the Gentiles to what you're talking about. It's kind of tying back and going back to the number 12 and 7 and so on and so forth. So, yeah. One thing that I think is interesting on verse, on, on verse 4, when they're in this desolate place, uh, until now, desolate place is places where Jesus go to, to pray, to talk to God, to get a little God time, where he gets his food from, basically kind of the idea where he gets his nourishment from. God and the disciples like, how can one feed these people with bread here in desolate place? And just like, well, this is a perfect place to get nursed. That's where I go to get food. So yeah. here's the place that they should come to get some food too. So, anyways, um, well, the thing also too, you ask like, why, why, why twice in this one? And also, Mark is not shy about showing the slowness and the dullness of the disciples. Because right. if you look at the disciples, they come back to him and not be like, they're like, how are we going to feed these people? Mm-hmm. He's like, are you guys that forgetful? Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, and that's what the later part is, right? The, the, in the middle of this, can we combine verses 14 to 21 to verse 10? Let's jump 11, 12, and 13, 11, 12, 13 for a moment here. Yeah. Because those two kind of go together, right? Jesus does the miracle, and immediately they got into the boat, and they go away to this, the Madnuta um, yeah. town, which, just a sidebar here, most scholars does not know what that is, that, that town is. Uh, they talk about what region it is. In, in the other Gospels, is a different town is used. Uh, Magdala is used. Uh, it, um, Matthew talks about that Magdala town. 
Um, so there's a little bit of a disagreement what town this is, uh, maybe because of just there's many towns with many similar names and so on and so forth. But there's a little bit of a conversation, theological conversation about which town that is. But but when they arrive there, you know, the Pharisees talk to them, but and then Jesus is, is talking to them about this leaven of the Pharisees and the heresies, and, and, and Jesus used what happened before as a lesson point, right? What's your guys' thought on that, Drew? What are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking, uh, just when he brings up this, this leaven of the Pharisees and Herod, I'm like, leaven is an agent for bread, right? A lot of times it's yeast. It's something that goes into uh, completing the bread, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, what, what does this mean? What is this leaven? Like, what does it represent? Yes. What do you think it is? Uh, I think I think here um, it represents maybe leaven represents evil or sin or some negative agent that is feeding in to to this bread, mm -hmm. right? What are your thoughts on that? Well, well th th theologians would say that there, there was two uh, two thought processes <clears throat> at the time: uh, the Pharisees and the the Herodians, the Herod people, Herodians. Uh, they were both of them were trying to dissolve to dilute the vision of God's kingdom. So the Pharisees they want the kingdom of God to benefit the Jew people to benefit them so that they would get their their place of prominence. Mm -hmm. So their uh, so the Jews would benefit who can so that the law would be observed by its fullness and and then the, they would benefit from being the leaders of the time. So they. So they're talking about that, and then the Horridians, uh would is deluding the vision also because they want God to establish the royal family as the true king of Israel. So we have these two uh, philosophy or worldview at a time coming in to delude uh, what the kingdom of God really is about, because Jesus' kingdom of the vision is very different, and and is very. Uh, and, and I think his ex extraordinary feeding of the 5,000 and 4,000 here really talks about that. I didn't come for a specific amount of people, but his assurance, his disciple, that uh, his signs and his wonder that he came was to bless every single person. So there's a little bit of difference on, on, on the idea of what the kingdom is. So if you allow a little bit of that mentality of the Pharisees <clears> of the Rudin <throat> to come into your mind, eventually we'll win your horde. Therefore, you're not going to become a follower of Jesus. What What are you are with that, Danny? No, I mean, I, I'm kind of going back to what kind of Jew mentioned the leaven and how it acts in the agent for the bread. That's why in some places in the Bible, you'll see it reads unleavened. Mm -hmm. So that means it's so in leaven, in this sense, the Pharisees and Herod, it represented sin, to your point. You, know, that's, you were definitely right on that. And here, Jesus is referring to the sinful influence of the people. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, don't let their sin influence you. See, the Pharisees were asking for a sign as if they were wanting to be convinced, but they had no intention of being convinced, mm -hmm. right? They had no, their hearts weren't there. So mm -hmm. why ask for a sign? That's why he's like, to you, no gen to this generation, no sign will be given because there's nothing I can do to convince you. Like, you know what I'm saying? I've, I've already done the things. The things he's done prior to leading up to should be convincing enough, and I think... That's why when you talk about that, that part, like the sign and the sign, what the demand the sign and the, the last piece. <coughs> well, yeah, in in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, sign was not evidence of some of was not evidence that someone wanted to believe. It was actually evidence of hardening of heart. In John, though, John sign meant 
really a trans a demonstration of Jesus power so we had to separate that but you guys are right you're right sign is is very important here for for the Pharisees because they already have made their mind it was not a, a, a proof to us that it was like we already know you're not so let me see it and just like I'm not I'm not gonna just show off for you it's not the point but on that conversation between Jesus and the disciples Jesus like uh, you harden your hearts there and you know they're discussing in verse 16 and they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread <laughs> yeah. what did they do now they had forgotten to bring bread. Bring bread. Yeah. How in the world? <laughs> it's like you had plenty there. Why well, not take some? That's exactly. It. How did they forgot? And they had only one loaf with them in the in the boat. They're probably kicking themselves right now if they're all hungry. It's like, dang it, man, that was seven. You know that I love this because on the one before Jesus makes the 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 the, the, the miracle pack the lunch and put on the boat for them here Jesus allowed them to do on their own and they forget about it mm. do you know what i'm saying and uh, and i think that's a problem i think that's a problem for the disciples that's a problem for us that we that we um, sometimes we forget the things that God has done for us yeah. You know, and, 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 and the thing that God asks us to do, I do think that the closer we are to Jesus, the more likely it is that He is going to require you to do some things, that He will call you to share in His work of, of compassion, of healing, of feeding, of freeing, of bringing His kingdom down, um, to widen the circle of the kingdom. I mean, the closer you are to Jesus, the more you'll be in, uh, responsible for and I see here that the disciples, they lack on the responsibility of compassion towards the people. Now they lack uh, on their, uh, on their lack, they lack on responsibility. They fell on the responsibility that was given to them to eat and feed themselves. Sometimes we can, we can kind of misuse the provision that God has given to us. <clears throat> and I think in this situation here, like, sometimes it's easy to think that God will always provide. And He will. Sometimes God has provided enough for you. To, to have with you to carry you through and sometimes we forget about that when well, we were wanting new he's like hey, mm -hmm. what I what I did for you already what I've given to you already is enough you know sometimes we don't see that we're always looking for what's new right what's new what can God give to me uh, what do you think Andrew <clears throat> yeah I agree with you Danny I mean sometimes we just uh, we get so caught up in looking for what's next and what God has for us that we're yeah. not obedient in the uh, in the current state that we're in you know where we're at in our journey with God and I think I think that's a big thing that that a lot of us struggle with and, and uh, they didn't only forget food for them to eat they forgot the miracles that oh we yeah that, that's about. the thing they, they, they forgot like the, they Jesus says do you not remember <laughs> do you know you guys are discussing here about food to eat and it's like don't you don't can you like two step take two step back I just fed 4,000 people. Chapter 6. Check it out. <laughs> and you guys are, what in the world? And I, I don't understand. that. that this, this part of the message really gets to me. Like on verses, you know, 17 and 18 and 19. And, uh, you know, he, Jesus like, don't you read? What? What? You guys don't get it. He says, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not receive? yet perceive or understand are your hearts hardened have your eyes 
uh, having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? Or do you not remember? Do you not remember when I broke the five loaves of the five, uh, for the five thousand? How many baskets full of pieces did you take? Yeah. They said to him, twelve. Okay, all right, okay. The, the, yeah, they remember. Yeah, so, so they remember <laughs> then. Then his seven, the seven uh, for the four thousands, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take? They said, seven. And so he said, do you, what, you don't understand? He like seven, but the guys forgot to bring theirs. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, they, they, this is the thing about the disciple. We pick on them all the time. They are missing the point every single corner. They just don't get it. Um, but here's the funny thing, though. We so many times we forget the things that God has done for us. We forget His provision for us, and we are often discussing if God is a provider or not, if God is real or not, if Jesus is who He said He is or not. Uh, we're not very different from the, from the disciples. Yeah, and it comes back to, like, God used these... He used these men. Ooh. Like, they weren't the perfect... They weren't the perfect dozen. They were right. the dirty dozen when they first started, mm -hmm. right? They had to learn. They were... They were they, some of them were liars. Some of which... They, they were human just like us. And I think... By Mark highlighting this, highlighting this to us, and I've been very compassionate towards the disciples as we've been going through these uh, these podcasts and this series, is that, man, these guys were just trying to figure out what, what was going on, you mm -hmm. know? And sometimes we forget, too. Like, we, we're sitting here talking about disciples, but we forget what God got us through last week because mm -hmm. we had that big thing that was happening, big situation. We prayed to God. God sorted it all out, and here we come this week, and we forgot. We're like, man, I'm in this issue again. Like, yeah, we only like got, what'd you do last week? We only got week? one loaf this week. <laughs> <Exactly. so>. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'm on a diet. I'm eating gluten-free. You know? <laughs> it's true. It's true and sad at the same time that we don't... Um, that we have the same heart that the Israelite had in the desert, as God provided for the, them day and night, right? Yeah. Day and night, and then oh, the yeah. disciples <laughs> who God provided for them in so many different ways uh, through this journey. Uh, uh, and God is providing for us in so many different ways. Um, sometimes I don't think we get the mission either. We don't understand the mission of Jesus. Um, Mm -hmm. That comes through this. What about Jesus healing the blind man, Drew? What do you have about that? What are you thinking about that? Man, again, he uh, he does it twice. You know, he spits and then puts it on this guy's eyes twice. And it's Jesus, so you know he could have just done it the first time. So what's the significance here when he's like, you know, he does it the first time. He's like, hey, do you see anything? You know, was he te was he was he testing the faith of this man? Well, like I've got a funny story for you. I got a funny question for you guys. Okay. So it says that he heals the man. He says, "What can you see?" And the guy says, "Trees." How does he know what trees look like? <laughs> That's a good question. How does he know does a tree look like? Maybe maybe <laughs> because you have touched a tree. A, a maybe walking he... tree. I mean, how oh, how do we tree. how do we know it looks like trees walking? How does he know that? How does he know what a tree is? Now, we're assuming here that he's been blind from birth, right? Oh, okay. We're, we're assuming it, but but they don't give you any context for that. So right. I wasn't sure. Like I said, it's, it's I just thought it was interesting. Like if, if he's blind, if he if he has been blind from birth, mm. how does he know what a tree looks like? Maybe he saw it before. <laughs> Never thought of that. 
<laughs> maybe, maybe he was like, maybe, yeah. So, so okay, interesting. So, so okay, I, I, okay. I, I, now I, I, you pick my interest. Okay, go ahead. This, you're one of put something. No, 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 like, no, 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 my no, mind no. went somewhere. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. You go first. Go ahead. You said I, I was. I, I was looking at this in the stats. Like, well, I'm gonna take the stats. He, he, he had his sight before. He, he wasn't blind from birth. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's why, the way I took that's it. Also. The, no, but oh, you there, think they, there, there's you, no context you, for it though. To you tell didn't you think that he, he was. You didn't think he was born for birth from birth. I didn't think so because I, I guess I just assumed that it would have said it if he was. <laughs> well, well, that's what that's so to me. It's like it was like if you've lost your sight, how do you appreciate it more? If when you're getting it back, you just get glimpses first. Mm-hmm. How much more? How much more powerful do you appreciate your sight now? Now you can't. You used to be able to see everything clear, and then something happened along the way. We don't know what it is. This man is now blind. He's now to a point where the only person who can who can save him, he's looking for healing for is Jesus, and he gets a glimpse of what he once had. Mm-hmm. That gives him hope. Even if he stayed there, you think he'd be hopeful that he had that? Yeah. Well, I mean, God, God wasn't gonna. But you ask why stages, right? I don't know. What were you, what were you gonna go? I was just thinking like. Maybe. Well, when you said that, I never. I that's good. I never thought of that, and and I don't remember ever reading something talking about you know this guy was like born for, uh, he lost his sight instead of he was born that way. So a couple of things here makes me like that. Here's the thing: the word restored. His sight was restored. Restoration means. It was good at one point, yeah. and then it got, got to destroyed, point. and yes. then now it's back at it, right? We watch shows about people restoring houses, people restoring cars, people restoring all kind of stuff, right? So American Pickers, you know, kind of, kind of do now. Maybe there's some other shows or car shows. I don't know. I don't, haven't been able to watch shows for a while now, but um, so the restoration there, I think, plays into that. The set, the other thing, which which is the thing that I that I the lesson that I get the most here I, I, I like the miracle I like the stages and all that I like what you're saying but here's the thing that there are places that we are in that causes us to lose our sight spiritual blindness is, is, a, is a key thing a lot of us are spiritually blind I, I think there are environments <clears throat> that we're in that not only blinds us spiritually blinds us physically too not like literally but yeah, like yeah. you 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 find yourself in this environment uh and you can no longer discern what true and lie is what wisdom mm-hmm. and foolishness is what right and wrong is you start what evil and good is maybe i already said those like you you just lose sight of that in, when you're in environments and jesus jesus look look what what happened here i, I love this part verse 23 and he took the blind man by the hand, right? Which, how how else would you take a blind man? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Follow my voice. Follow my voice and be silent Sheep. afterwards. <laughs> Sheep without a shepherd. <laughs> so, but but I think that is this words here means attention. Jesus is attentively. Jesus is touching this guy. He grabbed him by the hand. So that means that Jesus is spending some time, some dedicated time with this guy, and let him. Out of the village. Okay, I know you're trying to be serious, but I gotta make a joke. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. You did that to me last week. <laughs> no. So, so, 
So, what was the joke I made last week? It was a blind man. He's like, why would he? Why would he not let him? Not oh, here for like, here for well, here to lose. This is not the first. This is not the first time that Jesus is speeding and touching people. Yeah. And stuff, yeah. which it was a traditional thing. The Jewish people would would there, there must be something of the miracle maker into the miracle mm-hmm. making. So, but um, uh, so he leads him out of the village. I think that statement is important because I think that miracle, that freedom, that sight could not be given to the guy inside of the village. Why inside? Because Jesus, after healing him, said, do not go back in there. Uh-huh. Just like, don't go back in there. And so many, so many of us are like blind spiritually, blind physically from our env- because of the environment that we find ourselves in. And then Jesus goes in there, picks, takes us out of there by the hand, heals us and say, don't go back in there. <laughs> and, and, and one of the examples that I give is toxic relationships, right? When we're in toxic relationships, man, we are blind. We are blind to the to the toxicity of that person, of the moment, of the words, of the action. And then we are asking Jesus to perform a miracle. Jesus takes us out of that relationship, give us sight, give us blind, just for us to fall back right into it. Mm-hmm. What about romantic relationships? So, I see so many people on bad romantic relationships and God pr- takes them out of that relationship just for them to find themselves back into it. I think there are environment, environmental areas that get us to be blind physically and spiritually. I would agree with that for sure. And I think, I think the interesting is the way, the way it wraps up there in verse 26. It's that, you know, it ends with Jesus telling him, do not even enter the village. He doesn't keep him from it. You know, he doesn't guard him from that and stand there blocking him saying, you can't go there. You know, he says, don't. But then I think a lot of times, even in our lives, when we find ourselves in a, in a certain situation, like you said, even even when we may know that it's not the right thing to do, uh, we're, we're definitely, you know, it's our free will to make the decision whether or not we're going to go back into that village, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, we, we, I mean, there's many examples that can be given. The, the one that I, that I, that goes to my mind is, you know, it's just like, toxic relationships we we got sometimes takes us out of that but you're like you know i can fix that person <laughs> or, 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 or you know i can't bring i, I can't i can't i can't teach that person better i can and then just to be like back blind yeah. messed up in eating of jesus to reach out his hand and bring you out of it yeah i think all of us are kind of like this this blind man in the sense that we have been, we've received, we've, we've had our eyes and our ears open to the fact that we know Jesus, right? But we need to realize that growth is a process. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we haven't arrived yet. A lot of times we feel like, just like that situation there where you say it's like a toxic relationship. When we come out of that situation, we need to recognize that it's a process for us to actually work through that. And because we don't respect the process and, and give the process time, what happens? We find ourselves falling back into those same patterns, those same things. Because a lot of times we feel like we come to church. We, If we're my first time believer, I come to church, I give my life to Jesus. All of a sudden, tomorrow, I'm a, the Bible tells you you're a new person, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a process. A lot of us sure. think the next day, I'm different. Like, all of a sudden, all my problems go away. All of a sudden, but it doesn't. What, 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 what goes away is the condemnation that comes to those things. But now you have perspective, and now you have 
you have to recognize that now it's a process. Mm. You you just literally starting the process. You haven't arrived yet. Yeah. A lot of times we look at things that way, and I think that's why we have the tendency to fall back into those things because we feel like, well, I should be different. I should be. I mean, the preacher told me you're different. Well, but I, I think that's stuff. I think that's that's the biggest problem why people don't ever leave addiction. Because they think yeah. that once they got baptized and give their life to Jesus, they're baptized, they should be out of addiction yeah. like that. And God's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me spit here. <laughs> yeah. Can you see it? Uh, a little bit. Can you see it? Mm. Oh, yeah, a little better. Can you see it? Yeah, I can definitely see it now. So there is a journey like out of out of these environmental places I'm calling. right? There is a, a process out of addiction. There is a process out of toxic relationships, a, a yeah. toxic marriage. A toxic work, workplace, a bad financial situation. There is a, a walk out of those situations where you got to look at it's like, okay, um, okay, I, I, you know, I, I, I see it. Jesus, you, you free me. I see it. Oh, uh, oh, I see it again. Okay. And then, oh, I see it. Now I see it. But here's the problem. Jesus said, don't go back in there. And as soon as we are out of our addiction, we were like, ah. I, I, I got this covered. I got I got this figured out. <laughs> I, I I beat it. So I'm, I'm and then it's like, you go back to that drink, you go back to that cigarette, yeah. you go back to that woman, <clears throat> you go back to that porn, you go back to whatever the the addiction is. So yeah, I mean yeah. a lot of us. There's nothing worse than someone whose eyes have been opened, who've been given sight, but they continue to live as if they're blind. And also those whose ears have been open to the truth to hear God's word, but continue to live as if they're deaf to it and they're 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 no they're indifferent to it. And I think that's that's dangerous. Mm -hmm. That we've had our minds and our eye, we've been spiritually we've been spiritually given vision. Now we there's a lot of people in our world who are spiritually blind. So we gotta talk about the two kinds of blindness. The physical one is one, but spiritual blindness is a much bigger one. And I think that's oh, yeah. the one I think that as a church as you know, as we here, we we are all part of the church. The ecclesia is about helping people to receive, receive and restore their sight. Mm, mm. And I think um, that's that's a that's a great calling. That's what evangelism is about: is helping those to get that sight. Which pings <clears throat> on your sermon uh, yeah. about Peter having their blind eye Spirit, open yeah. well, and yeah. saying, okay, you are the Messiah. And I think that's the whole journey that we are trying to get to together and with DCC people is that we, we, we are walking in that place to that place where we're all spiritually uh, yeah. sightful. We can see spiritually. Yeah. And then we can recognize Jesus for who he is and his mission for why he what it is too. Yeah, and going back like and that's kinda how I started off the sermon was about this story that kind of ends the section that I really working through with the sermon was that he gradually gives this man his physical sight as he's gonna gradually give the disciples spiritual sight. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, the that's more important here. I think is is in recognition of what kind of sight do you have? Do you rather lose your physical sight but have spiritual sight? You know, the, mm -hmm. that's, that's a good that's a good question. So, what you got, Drew? What else you have on this section here? You got a lot of notes there. Well, <laughs> I just think that uh, I think a lot of us, a lot of our life, if, if it's okay for me to say this, I mean, a lot of our life is spent in that I'll call it the uh, the blurry tree phase, wow. right? Oh. Um, we may 
we may be in the spot where we're, you know, we're struggling to, to in life to just search for the truth, you know, mm. um, that we find through Christ. And there may be things, not, I, I wouldn't even say, let's, let's go off the path of addictions. Today. I'm talking about just like life circumstances um, that may cause us to question some things, right? So when I, when, I, when I think of this vision here, I'm really, I mean, when I read it, I was thinking a lot about truth. So like maybe, maybe truth is what we see when we have that full vision, but a lot of times there are going to be things that happen as we go along this journey, and it's going to make things a little blurry. And then you know it's going to be it's going to be hard to see it sometimes. And we may may take may take a step, and and we may be tested in an area, and and we overcome that, and we say, okay, God, I see you here. Things are getting a little less blurry in that area of my life. I, I man, he said I I couldn't say any better, man. I, I, I like mean, I, what you're hitting on there is is what I call is a shift in focus. You know, like, because when you, because anyone try to look at everything at once, you can't see everything. But mm-hmm. if you start focusing in, then you can really bring that in. I, I think that's what you're picking up on there is that all of us, as we come into this relationship with God, we're kind of like, we're seeing trees, like walking trees. And mm-hmm. I, like, I like that illustration you did. That was, that's pretty profound, man. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, I'm caught up still on the, the sad part. The sad thing is that most of us are still in this blurring phase that you said. And I think a lot of us in the 21st century is so distracted with so many things that we're just in the blurry face. We can't, we can't, we're never allowing Jesus to keep progressing us. From I the got blurry. a song. My name's Blurry. <laughs> is that a song? That's a song. That's 21 Pilots. Oh, really? I got you. You got it. I did not get the, that. The, the singer. Maybe, maybe, it was, maybe it was the lack of r- rhythm. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, know, <laughs> I know you. Okay. <laughs> I'm a singer. You know that. I have oh. proof. I can sing. Ah, yeah, we put you on Facebook. But uh, so, well, I think that I think we're done there. And, I, you know, and what else? What else? What we should go next. I, I don't know how much we should touch because I think your sermon really dove into verses 31 to the end of the chapter. Uh, any thoughts there to to finalize? Uh, no, man. I think um, I I just really think on this one the sermon kind of I kind of exposed all the verses going through. I mean, kind of just wanted to touch on what Jesus was talking about, and I think the biggest thing the biggest thing I can just say again here is that each and every one of us, as we continue this discussion of of blindness, we're we're, we're blinded spiritually. Every one of us. We're blind spiritually until we recognize who's the one that can restore our sight and who he is. And until we profess who he is, I talked about what Peter said was was not just like, uh, it wasn't reasoning that got him that, right? Mm-hmm. It was revelation. Matthew's account tells him that, hey, you, don't, you know this not because you kind of sort this out in your mind. It was revealed to you. Now that that's been revealed to you, I can reveal to you mm. who you are. And he tells him, he says, you're, 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 you're Peter Barjonoa, Barjona, which means you're a reed. Mm-hmm. Right? I didn't talk about this in my sermon, but you're, you're a rock. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be kind of, the reed is kind of wavy, kind of waving a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, as we go through here, you're going to be wavering a little bit, but you're still my rock. Mm-hmm. Right? You're still mm-hmm. my rock. A rock, is, cool. a rock is immovable. I did not know that. And, that, um, cool. and as you, who are the rock... You might waver a little bit, but you're the rock. Um, that's what I'm going to build my church on. So he reveal, so that revelation about who Jesus is, Jesus can now reveal to him who he's going to be. And, and each and every one of us have that journey as we kind of 
Come yeah, but on that, but then on that wavering there, Jesus looked at him and said, Get behind me, Satan. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> like I said, sincerity doesn't excuse sin. <laughs> no, it does not. It does not. And a lot of Christians write on sincerity. And sinning with sincerity will get you in trouble. What are your final thoughts? Anything from verses 31 to 38 there, Drew? Uh, no, I think, uh, I think Danny's sermon really hit on it um, really well. And I don't want to take any anything away from that because I hope that people go check it out. Mm-hmm. Final words, final thoughts. We're always finishing yeah. with final thoughts. What, what anything from the whole, chapter, the whole that, chapter that you think is like, man, I really can't shake this. So as I was reading this, this really hung, I was really hanging on to these words. What, what What is in there? We'll let Sam go first. That will give you a time to formulate. Sam and I will go, and then we'll let you close us out. All right. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't want to steal his stuff, man. I, I, I just going to go. Uh, I, I'll go simple. I'll go simple and, and say, you know, I am, um, I'll go back to, there are places that we're freed from that we should not go back into. I'll say that. Yeah. I think, I think, um, we cannot forget what Jesus is yeah. doing. We can't just forget. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I I, I just kind of kind of echo. I, I just think I just have. I think I look at the disciples on here, and I was like, man, these guys. I mean, we gotta have some compassion on them and and recognize where they're at, and then also look at our journey in that too as well, because we are disciples, right? If we are Christ followers, we are disciples, and. Um, he talks about, like, in the end, about what it means to be a disciple. And I, those are some very strong and some words that we, we need to read in our Bibles, highlight them. You know, uh, what it means to be a follower is a prophet, a man to gain his soul, all those things. This is important, and I think that's what's important to me, is to kind of reassess and make sure that I'm not falling into spir- spiritual blindness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think for me, uh, my my last thought would be um, to to remain aware. Um, I think there's a lot of awareness going on, uh, not only with the blind man here, but mm. also with the disciples. You know, they um, they lose that awareness of what God has done and what He's trying to do in their in their lives in that moment, right? And I think a lot of us can can be like the disciples and forget, like we talked about. Um, so I would challenge everybody listening and even ourselves, mm. you know, on this podcast to to pray for awareness, to seek awareness so that we may not forget, so that we may be aware of when, when God is trying to show us the trees, right? Mm. Um, so that would be my last thought, to to remain aware and seek awareness. I like that. Yeah. Do you guys, do you guys think that, you ever heard the phrase, you can't see the forest for the trees? Do you think that's where it came from? Have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard that statement? I've definitely heard the statement. I, I, maybe... <clears throat> Oh. I don't know. It just just popped in my head That's when he was cool. saying that. Yeah, I, hmm. You can see the forest because you're so focused on the tree in front yeah. of you that you can yeah. see. Yeah, that. I forget how it. Something, yeah, I mean, like something the, along the, those lines. The individual tree gets lost in the forest. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're gonna. Huh. Okay. All right. Well, I think I don't know. Maybe. Well, there you have it, guys. Another chapter in the books. We are. This is the officially the halfway point. Chapter Jeez. eight is the half of 16, right, Sam? That's right. So. If I, I, I'm not a mathematician. <laughs> That's why I became a pastor. But uh, if the mathematic is right, that's how yeah. it is. It's, it's halfway through it, chapter 8. Yeah. From here on out, to be a disciple of Jesus, just yeah. get harder and harder. Yeah, we just want to thank, thank Drew for coming on here and just sharing his wisdom. I really appreciate you coming in and, 
and just being vulnerable and just like open up your Bible and chopping it up with us. And that's what this is about. It's about just opening God's word and just seeing how we can learn from each other. And, and that's the biggest thing here. That's what we want. Um, Drew, any last closing words? We'll let you kind of take us out. All right. Uh I just want to thank you guys for, for, like you said, just having me on and letting me share some of my thoughts and, and hearing from you guys and learning and uh, just growing together. And that, that's what you said, Dan. That's what it's all about. Yeah. As we always say before we sign off. Be blessed. Be blessed. Have a good one, guys. Peace.